Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, last weekend, 150 citizens came together in Brussels for the third time to take part in the European Citizens Panel on Virtual Worlds. The Citizens Panels are relatively new, but the idea is to bring the thoughts, input and recommendations of those living in member states to the table when new legislation is being discussed and drafted. I flew to Brussels and I was allowed inside to see how it all works. First up, a Commission spokesperson explained the concept of the programme. So the European Citizens Panels are a new exercise of participatory and deliberative democracy that we tested during the Conference on the Future of Europe that worked really well, that showed that citizens, when they are like that, randomly selected uh, to participate in a collective deliberation on the topic, the European topic. They're very committed and um, it produces very good quality recommendations that are very useful for the Commission to be informed on the policy and to take some ideas uh, when they prepare a policy proposal. Mm-hmm. I know that people were randomly selected. How important is it that it is random but there's also that broad spectrum of age, demographic, socio-economic background and so on in terms of the conversations that are happening? Yes, so in Ireland, I think you are used to that model because you are organizing quite a lot of citizen assemblies. So indeed, people are randomly selected. So what we use on our on our side is random calling. So you, you get a phone call asking whether you would like to participate in a panel at uh, EU level. Uh, but then indeed, we constitute panels which are representative of diversity. So it's both geographical diversity in case of the EU, so where you come from, your, your member state, uh, but also whether you come from an urban area or more rural area. And then there are socio-demographic uh, criteria, age, gender, but also socio-economic background and level of education. And like that, in our case, the European Citizens Panel, we recruit around 150 citizens and we try to represent the diversity uh, of the EU so that the quality of the deliberation are higher because of this diversity and the fact that people exchange from very different backgrounds and very different point of view. And what happens to the recommendations that are put forward and voted on? So this is something that we are uh, now embedding in the way we do policy making. So in the case of the European Commission, since the Commission has the monopoly of legislative initiative in the EU system, we are asking the citizens' panels to come quite early in the drafting stage of a policy proposal to give some ideas at the beginning to inform the Commission which is drafting the proposals. And we are embedding in the system, not for all the policy proposal, we choose two or three per year, a priori, Um, and we want to produce, uh, we will produce a citizen's report, so an actual document that will be attached to the proposal when it comes to the College of Commissioners and the the, the service, the director general that is preparing the proposals, they uh, organize the panel and they take the recommendation into consideration. So it's not direct democracy in the sense that the commitment is not to take everything uh, on board, but um, to take a lot and to be transparent about it. So basically explain then after to the citizens, okay, thank you very much. 
we thought this and this was very useful because uh, it was very relevant for this time. This we will probably deal with it a bit later for another uh, moment uh, in the policy uh, implementation. Um, and this we couldn't take into account because this and this. So this is really about um, basically uh, informing the citizens also in, in a transparent manner about what we do with uh, their recommendations because they spend a lot of time, they commit a lot of weekends, you know, it's three weekends with us and um, they take it seriously, we want to take it seriously. So there you have it, that is the idea and the gist of this programme but I really wanted to hear from the participants about getting involved and producing their recommendations to deliver at the Commission. I spoke to Sarah O'Neill, who was one of three Irish citizens on the panel. I'm Sarah O'Neill and I'm from Cork City in Ireland. I was um, randomly selected to take part, which was really interesting. Um, And that's how I got involved in it. Um, And just went trusted the process and here I am. I believe I, I'm involved in some focus groups and things like that so we were contacted through the focus group organisation um, and then um, I suppose put forward my interest from there and got selected so yeah it was, uh, it was interesting. And when you were contacted and selected what was the proposal and how did you understand it to work? Yeah, um, I suppose the original proposal was done via email, so they let us know it was through about virtual worlds. We didn't have to have any experience or knowledge prior, um, which was good because I didn't know an awful lot about the topic before the start, other than VR headsets for gaming. Um, but um, So the first weekend uh, was in Brussels um, back in February. Um, everyone came to this building here, the Charlemagne building in um, Brussels. Um, so the first session was kind of an education session um, and then especially on the first day they had lots of experts come and talk to us and present the topic and try and educate us as much as possible. Um, the second day then we broke up into working groups um, to um, kind of 12 person groups um, to discuss through interpretation which was really interesting um, the different topics, the different ideas that we had. Um, and then the last day was kind of a wrap up of the presentations. The second weekend was done virtually online and I work online and remotely anyway so it suited me down to the ground. Um, So it was all via Zoom and we used a Hyperverse program as well which let us create little avatars of ourselves. You could walk around and chat to your friends in the kind of Hyperverse situation and um, then we just focused on Um, defining what the different topics that we wanted to talk about were. Um, Our group's focus was about health um, and research um, on virtual worlds. So we started discussions about that on the the second weekend. And then by the third weekend, this is when we're here, um, back over to Brussels for the last weekend and really defining what our final recommendations were. A lot of discussions on Saturday morning to try and decide what exactly were our recommendations going to be because we had a lot of different ideas about health and how to approach that in virtual worlds. Um, so yeah, we finally came to our conclusions. Um, and talk me through some of the recommendations because I just saw you present them there to the room which was really interesting because as somebody who works in the tech sphere I'm constantly reading up about tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow but some of the topics that have been discussed are things I couldn't have even imagined and I thought your recommendations were really interesting because it's a focus on the human side of the technology rather than just the tech side of it. 
Definitely. I think it's really important to focus on the human side. We've already made mistakes with Web 1.0. We don't want to make the mistakes again with Web 2.0. So it's really important that we research it thoroughly. We know what the bad effects can be. We've already had experience with that. And virtual worlds can be even more detrimental to a person's mental health but there's also a lot of benefits um, to um, people with different conditions like ADHD, autism, PTSD. There's been some amazing research and amazing progress in the field um, using virtual worlds. Um, so it's been it's been really interesting but our focus was indeed on the health aspect. We did want to make sure that people are staying healthy and we also focused a little bit on the workplace as well because virtual worlds are going to be a huge part of the workplace in the future. We had a representative come from Opal to talk to us about how they're using virtual worlds in their modeling and their manufacturing streams. So. Um, you know, you don't want someone to be, you know, harmed at their workplace, you know, either physically or virtually. So it's really important to have recommendations in place for the workplace, as well as on an individual and personal basis. And overall, how have you found this experience? Because it's not something that I had been overly aware of, but to bring 150 people from 27 countries together through interpreters, as you mentioned, and dealing with and tackling some of these big issues, there's quite a sense of responsibility, I'm sure. Massively, massively. Now, I think in the group of 150, I think some are taking it a little bit more seriously than others, which is to be expected. Um, but yeah, it's a massive responsibility to come up with the recommendations because it will shape how the policies will be made. It will influence the decision making um, on a European level. And that's going to affect us all because, you know, we're a European member state. Um, we do have to take these recommendations and policies into account and into effect. Um, I suppose that's why we spoke a little bit about member state responsibility as part of our presentation too, because at the end of the day, we do want the member states to be involved um, in the discussion around bringing in the different policies and then allowing member states to implement those policies themselves. That was Sarah O'Neill, one of three Irish representatives on the EU Citizens Panel on Virtual Worlds. Wayne Denner is an online safety educator who was there to watch the process in action. He told me a little bit about his experience. So the programme that I was involved with was trying to learn a little bit more about what's happening in the virtual world. Um, the Citizen Panel uh, is a group of citizens coming together who have got concerns, uh, got questions about what's going to happen in this virtual world and what that actually means for citizens in their country. So I'm really delighted to be here to learn a little bit more about that, uh, to find out what some of the themes are. A theme that was pretty, pretty uh, uh, steady throughout the whole uh, weekend was education and the importance of education for children and young people, making sure that it's a safe experience when you go into the virtual world. Uh, how's your data going to be handled, for example? Who owns your data and where does that data reside? So all really interesting topics, questions uh, and, and things that we all need to consider as, as EU citizens. It's interesting because I know a lot of the work that you do relates to platforms that exist at the moment and have existed for some time. And I get the impression that we're still getting to grips with platforms that have been around for, say, 10 years now. Did you find it interesting to hear the citizens panels discuss issues about platforms that don't quite exist yet, that we're getting ahead of it in some regards as to how to police them, how to communicate around them, that type of thing? Yeah, I think that's really important because if you think about it, we've, we've, we've had an awful lot of 
uh, change happening in the digital world on an ongoing basis. Um, and social media platforms, apps, websites that have been around for a long time. There are still many people out there that don't use these platforms, don't know how they operate. Uh, so what we need to do is we need to learn uh, before this new virtual world really becomes a thing that we'll all be using so that we can learn from what has previously come before it and we can implement better safety policies, better trust and safety within the platforms themselves. So when things do happen, things are dealt with in a timely manner and there's correct resources from a government perspective put in behind it. But we also make sure that we're very careful around the language that we use because what we don't want to do is leave parents behind. And we've, we've, dealt, we've done that in the last reiteration of the Web 1.0, Web 2.0. I feel as a parent myself, many parents have been left behind. This is now an, a critical opportunity to bring all parents on board with us and bring them along, but make sure the terminology that we use around these platforms is easy for parents and families to understand. So if something ultimately goes wrong with a young person, they can speak to a mom and dad about it. And that is the key point because a lot of this technology, it's, it's constantly evolving. And I do think the fear factor is people who aren't tech savvy today will discount themselves from ever becoming tech savvy. And one thing that's been reinforced to me this weekend is that this technology is not going to slow down. It's here to stay. So how do we go about bringing the people who've already discounted themselves as being not tech savvy and, you know, try to include them in not only the questions, the concerns, but also the solutions and opportunities with this new tech? So it's got to be inclusive. And that in itself is one of the big challenges that we have, because you'll have many parents and families out there who don't use this technology themselves. They're now hearing things like the metaverse the virtual worlds, they're probably wondering, what is that? Things like NFTs and cryptocurrencies, all of this stuff's been banded around. And if you ask uh, a parent, you know, what this actually means, they're going to be very confused. So we really have to use this as an opportunity to, you know, pull away from the jargon, make it simple for parents and families to understand about what they need to know when it comes to keeping their young person safe online. And I look at it very much around the ABCs of online safety. You know, you don't need to know everything about the platform. You don't need to know the ins and outs of a social media app, but you need to understand how you manage the access, you set the boundaries, and you have conversations. And that's your ABCs of online safety, which is really important. My final question relates to something that came up in the citizens panel, and that was to do with teaching. Uh, so how do we teach teachers about digital skills and so on? Do you think we could benefit from integrating more digital education both for teachers and students within the school structure, because sometimes I found in my experience that digital education falls between a few different stools in that parents will say they don't have the knowledge of the time. Teachers don't necessarily have the knowledge of the time. Uh, so how do we best go about it? Do you think integrating into school could be the solution? I think that's one solution worth exploring. I think more education is needed for teachers right across the board. The problem we have now, Jess, is that, you know, this is bolted on to everything else that teachers have to do. And a lot of this is cropping up in school. So stuff that happens outside of school makes its way into school and then therefore becomes a problem in the school environment. And teachers are frustrated with that. I completely understand that and I get that. So that educational piece around giving the teachers the knowledge and the skills to deliver the education in the classroom on an ongoing basis is something that I think would be very beneficial. Backing that up by, you know, other bigger online safety events, bringing people into the school with expertise, you know, really embedding that in the pastoral care uh, team within the school so that when issues do crop up, and there is always going to be issues, like we're here to talk about the, the virtual worlds, there's a whole wrath of issues going to come down the line with that. So we need to be equipping our teachers now with the skills 
not whenever this is released and it's out there a mainstream for everybody to use. So from a teacher training perspective, I think really looking at more ways to, to train up our teachers and upskill them in the correct digital skills that they need for uh, working with young people. That was online safety educator Wayne Denner speaking to me in Brussels. And there will be more uh, panels coming down the tracks, the citizens panels. So do make sure to keep your eyes and your ears open. It is completely random. So you will get a call, a text or an email, some form of communication inviting you to take part. Uh, And it seems to be an incredible experience from the citizens that I spoke to. And I personally was just so impressed to see that, you know, these recommendations and discussions are being fed into a wider process. So it's an excellent example of uh, democracy in action.